0: everybody <laughs> I was like, You are here, right? <laughs> hello, hello, oh, everyone just got lost in his love <laughs> in that moment. Oh yeah, really good. well, good morning it's good to see you all. Um, we are in a series on the life of Joseph, and so um, Drew started us out a couple weeks ago. He did the family history. And then Ryan did uh, the father's favor last week. And so I get to pick up this week with uh, the brother's jealousy. Who's excited about this one? Yeah, so we're going to be in this, this series for a few more weeks, and so you can be reading along in Genesis with us as we go through the story, and I know probably for many of you, you know this story. I don't know about you, but for me, I learned this very young at Sunday school, and so um, I will say, though, that this is one of my favorite stories. I, I just, I love Joseph. I cannot wait to meet Joseph someday. I just think he's an amazing guy, but um, I know that we, we know this story, so we're going to pick up in uh, Genesis 37 today. So if you want to turn to your Bibles to that, that's where we're going to start. But um, I'm just going to give you a little bit of history before we get there. I know we've been going through it for the last couple of weeks, so you don't need tons. But what we know is that uh, Joseph is a 17-year-old kid. He is the son of Jacob, who was known as Israel now, because he uh, wrestled with God, and he received a new name. And so Joseph is uh, one of the youngest. He has a a lot of older brothers. I think he has 10 older brothers. And you know, they say that you shouldn't have favorites of your children. I I am not a mother, so I don't know this. I have favorites. But but as parents, you're not supposed to have favorites. And uh, Israel didn't care about that. He had a favorite. His name was Joseph, and everyone knew that Joseph was his favorite. And it says that uh, Joseph, because uh, he was his favorite, because he was born to him in his old age. And I just think, yes, I agree with that that he was born to him in his old age, but I also think it's because he was born to Rachel. See, Rachel was his favorite wife. And so he was the firstborn of Rachel. And so I think that that gave jo- uh, Joseph a little bit more... Of that favor because of that. And so Israel loved him so much that he gave him a colorful robe. I'm sure you learned about that in Sunday school. It was a bright, colorful robe. And no one else had a robe like that. That was his robe. And so everyone knew that Joseph was his favorite because of the robe that he wore. And, you know, I really don't think that Israel was setting Joseph up to have a good relationship with his brothers. I just don't think that he was like, I really want you to succeed in this relationship with your brothers, so this is how you're going to go about it. No, he actually put him as the favorite and made him a mark to his brothers. And so, you know, on top of all of that, Joseph had a few prophetic dreams, You know, and so he he was hearing from the Lord in his dreams, and God was giving him these vivid dreams that were telling him about his future. They were telling him about things that were going to happen. And so then Joseph, in his excitement at 17 years old, is like, hey guys, God gave me these dreams. And it wasn't just one dream, it was two dreams. And what it sounded like to the brothers was that Joseph was going to rule over them, and that they were going to bow to him. And so you can tell that that is going to add to them being angry about who Joseph is and not liking him as much, and so we're going to pick up here in uh, Genesis 37, verse 12, and it says this: Now his brothers had gone to graze their father's flock near Shechem, and Israel said to Joseph, "As you know, your brothers are grazing in the flocks near Shechem. Come, I'm going to send them, send you to them." Very well, he replied. So he said to him, go and see if all is well with your brothers and with the flocks and bring word back to me. See, that's another non-setup. Like he, he's not setting him up for success. He's like, go and tell me that your brothers are doing what they're supposed to be doing. That's really what he's asking, right? And so he sends him off into the valley of Hebron. And when Joseph arrives in Sketchum, a man found him wandering around the fields and asked him, what are you looking for? And he replied, I'm looking for my brothers. Can you tell me where they are grazing their flock? They have moved from here, the man answered, and I heard them say, let's go to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them near Dothan, but they they saw him in a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. Here comes the dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of all of his dreams." Then Reuben heard this, Reuben being the oldest son, the responsible one. He heard this and said, and had tried to rescue them from their hands. Let's not take his life, he said. Don't shed any blood. Throw him into the cistern here in the wilderness and don't lay a hand on him. Reuben said this to rescue him from them and to take him back to their father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the ornate robe that he was wearing, and they took him and threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty. There was no water in it. As they sat down to eat their meal, they looked up and saw the cavern of Ishmaelites coming from Gilead. Their camels were loaded with spices and balm and myrrh, and they were on their way to take them down to Egypt. Judas said to his brothers, what will we gain if we kill our brother and cover up his blood? Come, let's sell him to the Ishmaelites and not lay a hand on him. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh and blood. His brothers all agreed. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern, he saw that Joseph was not there. He tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, The boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got got Joseph's robe, slaughtered the goat, and dipped the robe in blood. And then they took the ornate robe back to their father and said, we found this. Examine it and see whether it's your son's robe. He recognized it and said, it is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son for many days. All of his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, I will continue to mourn until I join my son in the grave. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph to Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So there's two perspectives that I want us to look at today. The first being Joseph. So Joseph is a 17-year-old kid, and he's, you know, the youngest, um, well, he's got one younger brother under him, but he has 10 older brothers, and everyone knows he's favored by his father, and he knows he's favored by his father, and I just wonder, did he live that up? You know, the youngest, they sometimes like to live that up, like, I'm the favorite, and so I wonder if that just kind of bothered them, too, but you can imagine what Joseph might have been feeling that day when he is out doing what his father asked him to do. He's out checking on his brothers. He's checking on their flocks, seeing that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. And he basically gets beat up. He gets his robe stolen from him, and he gets thrown into a dark hole in the ground. You can imagine that that had to be a little traumatic for him. And, you know, his brothers, they, um, they had issues with him that I think that they, you know, they wanted to get rid of him one way or another. They were going to do whatever they could. Some said, let's kill him. Some said, let's sell him. They just were like, we're done with this kid. Let's get rid of him. And, you know, the key verse that we are going to highlight as we walk through this series for the next few weeks is um, how Joseph ended this story. See, Joseph, he was in front of his brothers 13 years after this happened. And 13 years later, his response is this in Genesis 50:20. You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good, to accomplish what is being done, the saving of many lives. See, God gave Joseph dreams. He gave them to him intentionally. He didn't give them to him to harm him. He didn't give them to him to cause problems with him and his brothers. He gave them to him because he was letting Joseph know, hey, this is going to take place in your life. And you can trust me on that one. And he was going to accomplish what he said. Nothing was going to stop God's plans for Joseph's life and what he was, um, had already planned ahead for him. So we can read this whole story, and we can see that Joseph walked through a lot of things. And I believe that every single thing that he walked through was intentional, like God used it intentionally to bring him to that place that he had showed him in his dream. And I don't know... Um, about you guys, but this had to have been a, a rough road for him, right? He had, to, he had to have wrestled with the rejection and the betrayal of his brothers, the family, has rejected rejected him. They just sold him into slavery. That's got to be a little rough. And I don't know if you have been one that's been treated badly or you've felt betrayed uh, because of jealousy, because of someone's jealousy. I don't know if things have happened to you that don't make sense or caused you pain because of who you are, because of what you have, because of something that's happened to you. I don't know if that's you or not. But what I do want to ask is if it is you, are you following the Lord in how he's directing you out of that place? Are you following his steps when things may have happened to you that seemed unfair and unjust because of someone's jealousy towards you? See, what I know is that God is not going to waste anything in your life. He will use the hard circumstances that you're walking through and the struggles that you're having with your family and friends to teach you more about him, more about his love for you, and he will get you to the places and the promises that he has for you. You will see in future weeks that Joseph did not stop moving forward. No matter what happened to him, he did not stop moving forward towards the things that God had spoken to him. Don't stop seeking the Lord and following him as he leads you into healing and wholeness and brings you to these things that he has for your life. What was intended to harm Joseph, God used to bring about his plans and his purposes for Joseph. And he can do that for you too. The second perspective is the brothers. Jealousy is an ugly thing. It is so ugly, and it can cause us to do many things that we would probably not normally do. Joseph's brothers, they were jealous of him for several reasons. He was the favorite child. He had a colorful robe. He had vivid dreams that indicated that he was going to rule over them and that they were going to bow down to him. And sometimes when his brothers were out working in the fields, you didn't see that Joseph was there with them. So that's got to add to all this frustration that they had about him. All these things caused these brothers to become jealous of Joseph, and the jealousy, those feelings that they had, led these brothers to do something that they probably would not normally have done. Jealousy can be described as fear that another person may take something that is yours or something that you consider to be yours. And envy is the desire for something that belongs to someone else. Both are tied closely and can uh, can cause feelings of insecurity. Jealousy breeds suspicion, doubt, mistrust, and hate, which can snowball into pretty intense emotions and behaviors, and we see that with the brothers. It causes emotions to come up in us like anger, resentment, inadequacy, helplessness, and disgust. And it can also break relationships and ruin lives. Jealousy can get us to start comparing our lives to other people. Which is really, it's going to hurt us in the long run when we start doing that. I like this quote that Theodore Roosevelt said. He said, comparison is the thief of joy. How true is that? See, these brothers were robbed of the joy in their life. They let jealousy build up because they believed that he was getting more than they were. He was getting something that they wanted. He was being favored, and they wanted that favor. They believed that they were not getting enough. We have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy us. So if he can get us to believe these lies, that someone has something better than us, that we're not getting what we deserve, that um, something is and someone is being treated better than we're being treated, something in us gets angry and we start to fight for that thing. We want that. And we want to fight the person that has it. And like I said earlier, this decision that these brothers made, it wasn't like they just made this decision as they saw him. It, 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 It didn't just happen that they had jealousy for him when they saw him coming towards them. This had been building up in them for a while. I wonder if it had been building actually for most of his life because he was the favored son. They had years of seeing their brother be the favorite. Over and over they saw the father choose them, choose him over them. They experienced having to do more than he is, he had to do, and that bitterness started to take root in their life. And it doesn't say this, but I can imagine that they all got together together And started complaining together. Join in with me on this. I'm angry. I want other people around me that are angry too. They were building a case against him and bringing each other with them, probably to make themselves feel better and to justify how they were feeling because they weren't the only ones. How often do we do that? It says in Proverbs 14.30, a heart at peace gives life to a body, but envy rots the bones. Something that we say around here a lot is, what do you look like fully alive? And if there's any jealousy in your life, I promise you it's going against you being fully alive. Jealousy will keep you, your life in turmoil and keep you envious of others around you. Your focus will be on what you don't have, not on what you do have. And envy and jealousy will start to kill your body. Because that bitterness has started to take root, and it'll start to destroy you from the inside out. I was reading about jealousy and envy, and I wanted to bring this to you guys today, just that we would be aware of if it's happening in us. It's just, it's just some signs that we may be experiencing jealousy and envy in us. The first one is anger towards a person or situation that is interfering with something that you care about. The second one is resentment of a friend or a partner when they can't spend time with you. The third one is difficulty feeling happy for a friend, a coworker, a family member when they receive something that you wanted or something good happens for them. You have a hard time celebrating that. The, th- the last one is feeling of dislike toward a new person in a loved one's life that are hard to explain. And they gave this example. For example, a a father might be having feelings of hostility that stem from jealousy towards his daughter's fiance, even if the partnership she has chosen is a healthy one. Does any of that hit you? I think that at times we can say, oh, yeah, I felt that way before. Maybe you're not feeling that way right now, but we get to be aware of it. See, what I love is that we can be aware of what's happening in us and we don't have to live with it. It doesn't have to be our story. We get to look at our lives and our situations and see that there's something going on in us and we get to meet the Lord in his love in that place and say, fill that. We get to look to him and we don't get to let it fester in us and start to grow. We don't get to tell others and bring them along into our story so that we can feel good about how we're feeling. And we don't get to allow anger and insecurity to cause us to lash out or to blame another person. We get to put jealousy to death and walk in the victory that God has given us over something that's trying to kill us. So how do we do that? One, we take a look at it. It says in Psalms one thirty nine, twenty three 23 through 24, search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Who has a hard time praying that prayer? It's not an easy one, but here's the thing. He's going to search you if you ask him to. He's going to show you if there's anything in there of jealousy because he doesn't want it to kill you anymore. When he does this, he loves you. He's doing it because he loves you, not to shame you. He's always doing it to heal you, to get rid of this out of your life because it's killing you. So ask the Lord to reveal to you any places that you've allowed jealousy to take root. And I don't know about you, but for me, I have been waiting on the Lord in my life for many things. And no, it's not just marriage and a husband, even though that is one of those things. Okay? But I have promises that God has given me. And I am still waiting for those things to come about. And so I know that for me, it is hard sometimes to see when people get their promises. But we should be celebrating those things, not angry that they're getting something. When I see people getting their promises, I used to be real ugly. I will tell you, God has healed this place in me, but it used to be real ugly. I would get depressed. I would get self-pity on, you know, and I'd be yelling at God and saying, why not me? When's it my turn? But here's the thing. He wasn't holding back from me to bless them. He's not holding back from you to bless others. So, we got to join in with his celebration instead of being angry that we're not getting what we want. When this was revealed to my heart, I, I will tell you, I was embarrassed and I felt ashamed. It was not a flattering thing. I didn't love to see that look on me. And luckily, I have friends that show me things as well. Holy Spirit uses them. And they say, hey, what is that? Because I used to live like this for a really long time. But the thing is, it didn't stop God from meeting me right where I was. And saying, I have enough for you. I am enough for you. You're not missing out. I know exactly what I'm doing in your life. Can we let the Lord show us where we might be harboring some jealousy? Because he wants to uproot it and he wants to fill it with his love. He doesn't want this jealousy to kill you anymore. The second way that we put jealousy to death is to hand it over. We release it to the Lord. We call it what it is. We ask the Lord for forgiveness for partnering with it, and we let it go. We just say, God, take it from me. It's as easy as that, and God is always wanting to make an exchange with us. Every single time you give him something, he will give you something greater back. We've allowed... These things in our lives, we've agreed with these lies that have now caused us pain and hurt to be rooted in us, and now we get to give them to him and say, God, I need to make an exchange with you. I don't want this killing my life anymore. Whatever it is that you're longing for in your life, God wants to meet you in that place. He wants to be your answer. He wants to fulfill your life. Maybe you're waiting on a promise to be fulfilled, Maybe you're longing for a better job or a career. Maybe you're longing to have a baby. Maybe you're longing for good friends and a community. Maybe you're like me and you are longing for a spouse and to be married. Whatever it is, God wants to fill that place first. And he wants to satisfy that place first. Like I said, I have been waiting to get married my whole adult life. It's a long time, people. (laughs) And I will tell you that I, I had to, you know, I'm not going to tell you my whole story because that will take too long, and many of you have heard this, but I will tell you that I had been waiting for so long, and there was a bitterness that was growing in me because of jealousy, because I was angry, because I didn't understand why was it happening for others. And I, every time I would hear of an engagement or a couple would get together or there would be a wedding or I was helping put the wedding on, it was like I had to, like, really look myself in the face and be like, you're going to be okay. But I was dying inside because I was so jealous. And I will tell you that it was ugly, and I had to bring that ugly before the Lord. And when I did, everything changed. When I did, he came in and he met me in that moment, and he literally took my breath away. I encountered the love of the Father in a way like I had never encountered before, but I had to bring that jealousy to him and say, this is ugly and I don't want this in me anymore. I'm making an exchange with you. I want your love. Listen, we we have to hand it over to the Lord, and when we do, he will always make an exchange with you. Let's stop holding on to bitterness and jealousy and start grabbing a hold of this incredible relationship the Lord wants with you. It's so fulfilling and it does satisfy your heart. Letting go of jealousy allows us to have the capacity to carry the fulfillment of the promise that he has for us. The third way to kill jealousy is to be grateful. Be grateful for the things that you do have and what the Lord has done in your life. Counterattack jealousy by cultivating gratitude. Pay attention to those things that are happening in your life and around you and, and be grateful and vocally say, God, thank you. Don't miss those things that God's doing as he is blessing your life throughout your weeks. And oftentimes we walk past those things just thinking, oh, that's no big deal. It is a big deal. We get to be grateful. It will change your perspective, I promise you. God is constantly at work. He's constantly blessing us, and we get to thank him for it. And jealousy cannot live where thankfulness is present. It can't. We should be thankful. We should start our days thanking the Lord for what we have. Joseph's brothers, they allowed jealousy to grow in their hearts, and then they joined each other in this Jealousy little group of brothers, you know, towards, them, towards Joseph. They allowed their filter. Everything, they, it's like they had glasses of jealousy. So everything that they saw was through that jealousy that happened to Joseph. And they're like, there it is again. Yep, he's favored again. I'm not. They allowed this. They didn't deal with it in their heart. And so it just kept building up and building up to the point where they wanted to kill him. I don't know that we're ever going to get to that point. That's a pretty crazy point. I hope you never get there. But what if the way that you treat someone or how you handle a situation is just as bad? It's time that we kill jealousy in our lives and walk with the Lord in the celebration of what is happening in lives around us and in our own lives. We get to celebrate with people, but then they, they get to celebrate with us, too. I was thinking about this as I was preparing my message this week. I, I have a yard of, um, it's pretty rocky. It's got a lot of dirt. There's no grass. We don't have grass. Um, I'm renting, and this is what they did. It was their landscape. And so I hate weeding I think it is the worst thing. Like, it takes me hours to weed, but yet I have to do it every year. And so I was like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change this this year. I'm going to go out there, and I'm going to kill all those weeds with this spray stuff beforehand. And then it rained, and it just kept raining, and it kept raining. And I saw this little weed start growing into where it's now taking over my front area of my house. And I'm like, gosh dang it, I'm going to have to weed all of that. It's going to take me a lot of time. But it didn't just happen that all of a sudden there's all this green stuff. It just kept growing. And so now this water, because the rain has been just giving it all the moisture it needs, So now it's like taking over. And I think that as we, I was just thinking about this as I was preparing my message, like that is so how jealousy can grow in us. As we water it, it just starts to grow. And it is not fun to weed. It is a lot of work to weed. So how about we kill it beforehand so that we don't have to spend all those hours and days and all that pain of weeding it oh, who wants to do that? Let's choose to be aware of what's happening in our heart and bring it to the Lord because he wants to meet you in that exact place right where you are right now. He's not mad if there's anything in there that's not of him. He's actually just going to show you what it is and say, hey, let's deal with that so it doesn't grow. It doesn't take over your life. So I'm just going to pray for us real quick. And I know that's not a real fun word to hear about, but I think it is something that we all have struggled with at least once. I think at least once there's been that, right? If it's not something that we deal with on a regular basis. But here's the thing is God wants to set us free from this. He has so much more for us than to be looking at what we don't have. We get to be looking at what he has and what he's doing in our lives. And so, Lord, we just join together right now, and we just thank you that you are a good God. You are a good God that comes to us and meets us right where we are. God, we thank you that you have provision for all the things that you have set out before us to do. You have given us words. You have given us dreams and hopes for things that are out there in front of us. And we don't even understand how to get there sometimes. But God, don't let jealousy build up in us as we're waiting for those things. I pray right now that you would just be revealing to our hearts that there's any root of jealousy in us so that we can just pluck it right out and fill that place with your love immediately. We don't want to see this be a lot of things that grow into this bitterness and ugliness that has us do things that are not beautiful at all. God, we don't, we don't want to look ugly. We want to shine for you. We want you to be in our lives and that people would see you in us. And so get rid of anything in us that is not of you, Father. Father. And we just thank you that we can learn from this story of Joseph and his brothers. We thank you that we can look at this and say, hey, I I, I don't want to get to that place that the brothers got to. So what do I do? And God, we just ask that you would just keep directing our steps. If we are, any of us in here are are, um, affected by someone else's jealousy, God, I pray that you would just keep directing our steps. Because it's not fair all the time things are not always fair things are not always just but you are you're good and you direct us and you love us and so we just trust you God to direct our steps we thank you for this day and we just bless your name amen amen all right everybody have a good day thanks for coming